Abraham had two sons, one of the flesh and the other of the promise. There was a promise made to Abraham that his seed would cover the earth. It would be so vast it would be like the sand of the sea. And yet his wife was barren. He had no child. So at some point, Abraham's wife gave him Hagar, her handmaiden. And they had a son called Ishmael. Later, God sent angels to visit Abraham. And they told her, at this time next year, Sarah will have a son. And she laughed. Because she was 90. And her husband was a hundred. Nothing is is impossible with God. He does what he says. Abraham had to wait 25 years for this promised son to be born. He had to believe in faith, by faith, that this would happen for 25 years. But in 25 years, it did happen. Because everything that God says will happen. Isaac was born. He's the son of the promise. Genesis 22 verses 1 and 2. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And God said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. First, God called Isaac his only son. He had two sons, Isaac and Ishmael. But God regarded Isaac. He was the child of the promise. He was the elect of God. Through genealogies, which we'll look at in a minute, you're going to see, I think, an amazing thing. I only saw it recently, and I'll share it with you. But we are going to see some of these children of the elect of God between the years of Adam and Noah. It's spelled out for us in the Bible. Now, in this situation, Abraham obeyed God. He took his only son, Isaac. And he took wood for the fire, and he took a knife, and he bound up Isaac, and he put him on the wood to sacrifice him. And the angel of the Lord stopped Abraham, and God said, Now I know that you will obey me. It was a test. We, I'm convinced, do have tests to see if we'll do what God says. I certainly had tests from the very beginning to see if I would do what God said. At the time I was born again, I owned a business in Dallas. And a woman took me to court over an incident. And I heard these words before the court trial began. Don't testify. I called my lawyer and I said, you may not want to represent me in this trial because I'm a Christian and I believe I've heard from God and been told don't testify, so I won't be testifying in this trial. The lawyer said, oh no, Joan, we'll win this case. Flo will testify. Flo worked for me, and she witnessed the event. 
He said, with her testimony, I believe we'll win the case. But he said, if you testify, I know we'll win. I said, well, God's told me not to testify. When Flo heard that I wasn't going to testify, she became very angry. And she said to me, now the burden's all on me because you won't testify. I said, but I can't testify. I believe God's told me don't testify. The man I was dating at the time was upset with me over this decision. When the word of God comes, it separates you from the other people who are not of God. It is not that the word of God unites you to people. It's, it divides you from them because they can't understand what you're talking about. Now, I live with another member of the body of Christ. I know she has the spirit of God. But I trust her because I know she has the spirit in her. So I know she will take care of the situation to which she is endowed by God. If it's an assignment of God, she will deal with it. And she will deal with it correctly because it'll be God who's telling her what to do. I know that. I don't have to tell her what to do. God tells her what to do. Once in a while, he'll have me deliver a word to her, but not too often. Because when we have the Spirit of God, and the other person has the Spirit of God, we know what they will do. They will turn to God and hear from him. In the case of Abram, Abraham, here he is told to sacrifice his only son. But Abraham reckoned something. It's told us in Hebrews 11, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence he also received him in a figure. Because Abraham reckoned that Isaac came from the dead, because he was a hundred when Isaac was born, and his mother was ninety, and Isaac came from two dead people. So he knew God could raise Isaac up from the dead. But the angel stopped Abraham from slaying Isaac. The knife was in Abraham's hand. He was going to kill Isaac. But the angel stopped him and said, Now I know you will follow me. It was a test to see if Abraham would really do this thing. So God has told me, don't testify. During the court trial, my lawyer came to me and said, Flo's testimony wasn't as good as it should have been. It wasn't as strong. I don't know what's going to happen in this case. But if you testify, we will win. I said, well, I'll see. And so I went into the ladies' room at the courthouse, and I prayed. And I said, God, what do you want me to do about this court trial? And I heard, don't testify. So I went back into the courtroom the lawyer looked at me 
from the place he was sitting, and I just shook my head no. He didn't ask me after that to testify. But I did say to God, I hope you know what you're doing because we're going to lose this case. Well, God did know what he was doing. We won the case, and I did not testify. But this was the beginning of the trials that I have seen that I knew were words from God, and I was opposed in them by my own people. And I began to learn that when you speak the word of God, often it will divide you from the people who are not really of God. Now, all these people called themselves Christians. At one point in 2018, I had an accident at my house in Texas, and as they were rolling me on the gurney past the front door to take me to the hospital, I heard these words, you'll never see this house again. From the hospital, I put the house up for sale. One of our church members said, I don't see how you can do this. Now, she had heard my testimony, but she didn't believe. She said, I don't see how you can do this. And I said, well, because I've heard from God. I will never see this house again. I put the house up for sale. For one year and a half, it did not sell. I moved to Colorado. I never saw the house again. I moved directly from the hospital to Colorado. For one and a half years, the house was on the real estate market. But every time that I would pray, I would remember that God had said, you'll never see this house again. So I had faith to pray that the house would sell because I would never see the house again. And that gave me the faith to continue to pray for one and a half years that the house would sell. And it did sell in one and a half years. Faith is built on the word that you have heard from God. One day recently, I was reading in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 5, and I saw something, and it, it was just so interesting to me. Genesis chapter 5, this is the book of the generations of Adam. Now, usually, I just kind of skim over these gen genealogies. But this time, I seriously read, and I think God showed me something, which I'm going to share with you. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God, made he him. Male and female created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. Verse 3, And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years, and begat a son in his own likeness after his image, and called his name Seth. What about Cain and Abel? Cain had already killed Abel, and God gave Seth to Adam and Eve. But what about Cain? He's the son of Abel. What about Ishmael? He was the son of Abraham. But they weren't the elect of God. Now listen to this part. 
And in the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were 800 years. He was 800 years after he begat Seth. And Adam begat sons and daughters. All during this time, he was having children. But only Seth is mentioned in the Bible. The line of Adam goes through Seth. The elect of God goes through Seth. Now we see the same example in a few minutes with Enos, who is the son of Seth. And Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos. And after that, he lived 807 years and begat sons and daughters. Here is Seth, who has all these sons and daughters, but the only one named is Enos. That's the line of God. Next, Enos begat Kynan. And Enos lived, after he begat Kynan, 850 years and begat sons and daughters. But the only one named is Kynan. So Kynan lived 70 years and begat Mahaladin. And it's the same story. He had all these sons and daughters, but only this one is named. And this goes on up until the day of Lamish. And Lamish begat Noah. And Noah begat three children, and all three are named, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. But it was just interesting to me that of all of these children that these different individuals had, one was named as the child of God, the elect of God, the lineage of God. I know both my mother and my father were born again and belonged to God before they died. I know my uncle belonged to God before he died. My aunt was like I am, chosen by God, taken into heaven even. So there is an elect of God chosen by God. I see it. And they are not chosen because of their works. They're chosen because of the will of God. And some have a very prominent role in the history of God. You will know whether or not you're the elect of God by this. Has God changed you from the person you once were? Are you really changed from that person that you were before? For we're born as the flesh of man, and we do the works of the flesh, which are really pretty bad. Galatians 5, the works of the flesh. Start at verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. This is what we do before we're born again. Not all of these works, but some of these works, and they're all evil. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, which is living in superstitions. Clicking your glasses, drink glasses together, that's 
witchcraft. That's wishing somebody well apart from God. Witchcraft, hatred, variance, arguing, fighting, emulations, trying to outdo one another, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God, says Paul. But the fruit of the Spirit, if you're following the Spirit of God, and you can only follow the Spirit of God if you've been born again and have the Spirit of God in you, the fruit of the Spirit of God is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Instead of trying to outdo people, you want to help them. It's very simple. But that's the fruit of the Spirit. And as you follow the Spirit, you overcome the works of the flesh because by following the Spirit, you basically are not letting the flesh do what it wants to do. Therefore, you suffer in the flesh when you follow the Spirit. The flesh never improves. It never gets better. I don't care how long you live. I don't care how much Bible you live. The flesh is flesh. It does not improve. What we do is we control the flesh by going in the way shown us by the Spirit. And we overcome the flesh by doing the works of the Spirit. So we keep the flesh crucified by the Spirit of God, but it continues as long as we breathe. The flesh is there. Don't you see flesh when you look down at your hand? What do you see? But there's spirit also in us. So we have the flesh and we have the spirit, and if we walk in the spirit, we end up fulfilling the law of God by walking in the spirit because we do the will of God. We're not doing it by the letter of the law. We're simply following the spirit of God and doing what he shows us. We're completely different from the way we were before we were born again. And that's how you know if you are a child of God is if you're born again and changed by God, you're a child of God. But it is not that we choose God, he chooses us. It's not that we receive Jesus by going forward and saying, I receive Jesus. That's a work of man. It's God receiving us, choosing us, changing us. We're not changed by what we do. We are changed because he causes us to be born into another person. If you're not changed by God, just fall down and beg God to have mercy on you and change you. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.